Oh my gosh, I can't believe I just said that. Did you just say that? This might get me fired. That might get you fired. You're listening to This Might Get Me Fired with Chizzy and Crystal. Hello, and welcome to This Might Get Me Fired. I'm your host, Crystal. And I'm Chizzy. We have a lot to talk about today, but first, don't forget to click subscribe and rate us five stars wherever you get your podcasts. And share our podcast with a friend. Hashtag support black women. All right, so Crystal, what have you been up to? Okay, so the first big thing is that my cousin reached out to me. Um, (laughs) I feel like the last episode or the episode before, I mentioned missing my family Mm -hmm. and thinking about reaching out to them. Well, as (laughs) God would have it, as fate would have it, they reached out to me um, last week. Well, one of them did. Mm -hmm. And so she asked me to get lunch. Um, So we're going to go get lunch this weekend. Or no, the weekend after. So I'm a little nervous. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited because she reached out to you. Because I remember you mentioned wanting to reach out to her and I was so against it. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds very toxic. But just with the history, I felt like if there is going to be a reconciliation, it should be on her part. Because you always extend yourself. Yeah, I agree. So we will see. I'm like just interested to see how it goes. And... I don't think it'll be awkward. I'm pretty good at, like, picking back up with people. Mm-hmm. But I do hope that we have some conversations that need to be had about just respecting one another and valuing one another. Because, you know, I think sometimes we tend to take family for granted. Mm. And hopefully this time apart has made her realize, like, you have to be a good friend yeah. or a good family member to receive a good family member. Do you even know why she stopped talking to you? I think, first of all, like, when our grandma passed away, it was just a lot of drama. It's like... But I feel like she stopped before then. No, it was like, when my grandma got sick, yeah. But I feel like it was already tension then. I don't know why, honestly. I just like the head rots from the top. What is it? The fish rots from the head. Mm -hmm. And when you come from a family where, like, there's there's dysfunction amongst the siblings, Mm -hmm. when they have children, that dysfunction doesn't stop. It typically passes down eventually. Like, I used to make a really strong effort to keep the relationships to keep the bond etc but just over time it was like I was the only one making the effort mm-hmm. and I think that's why too I think if I would have kept pursuing her like I normally do where I'm the one calling I'm the one texting we would have kept speaking okay. but I just kind of also feel back that makes sense but I do I mean I guess maybe because you were always the one I still so it's interesting I wonder if she intentionally fell back or it's just that you stopped and you realized she never did anything Yeah, it could be either or. I really don't remember because I was, I made the decision with a lot of my family a long time ago that I had to protect my energy and protect my spirit. And so that might look different than what they're used to. So I didn't even analyze it enough Mm -hmm. to know like what the real, but I definitely think it was part of her effort too. Like it was just all around messy. Like it was a lot of mess going on at the time because my grandma being in the hospital and Mm -hmm. like. Her kids not getting along, the ones to involve the older grandkids. It was just was a lot, very much so the typical, like, I don't want to say typical, but like this soul food type energy. <laughs> <laughs> it's giving Aww, soul food. Not soul food energy, <laughs> not big mama in the hospital energy. Yes. <laughs> Girl, I'm too thrilled. 
And the next big thing is I am starting a photo booth rental company. Woo! I wish we had like sound effects so that we could do like a buzzer or something, like confetti sounds. Like I'm so excited, but like tell the people about your new business venture. So it's still very new. Um, It's kind of random. I just... It's not random. It's not random. I have been thinking about it off and on. And it's actually funny because a friend of mine had also said she was thinking about it. And I asked her first. I was like, do you want to partner and go half on it? And she said, no, she was focused on other priorities, which I understand. But then I was like, you know what? Don't let that stop you from doing something that you've already thought about. Right. So I just kind of kept forward with it. Um, right now, where we stand, I just have my website built. I am Not just... just- yeah. You've launched your website. I launched my website. And, you know, I'm just trying to build the foundation. Um, we'll see what happens next week. and I'm, I'm just going to have to redirect this energy because I am not liking this energy. I feel like we as women, especially black women, we have to, like, big up ourselves. We have to promote ourselves. We, we don't need to talk down about what we do. So I'm going to rephrase all that she has done <laughs> to fully articulate how much she's gotten done. Because Crystal literally, like, was it even a week and a half ago that you told me that you're going to... I no, don't know if it was even... Not. And literally in that time, she's already, like, put out her LLC. She's already started her business. She's already started networking with vendors. She's already ordered her product. She's already booked her first client. She's already created contracts. She's already created flyers. She's already booked um, a bridal expose. She's already been to an open house and has a second one on the way. So, like, let's not, like, downplay ourselves. Let's not, like minimize ourselves let's let's walk in our excellence let's walk in the fullness of everything that we're doing you know that's very true i have booked my first client so i'm super excited about that and it's so funny because the first client her wedding is in 2022 Mm -hmm. and she's already turned down two clients and so i mean let's let's come with the right energy let's come with the right you know BDE energy yes. for ourselves. And I'm cracking up because I was like, that's so funny. God would have my first client be so far out because he knows me. And then like, <laughs> I have no choice but, but to, to keep going <laughs> until at least 2022. <laughs> like, there's no alternative yeah. because I've taken this woman's deposit. Right. And, I love and it. And I've signed a contract with her that we're going to do this. So I'm just cracking up. I'm like, no matter what. <laughs> Jolie Photo Booth is going to be in business until at least May 2022. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's the biggest news. Like, um, just getting that going. I'm really proud of it. Um, I'm surprised that I'm doing this, but I'm excited. And it's just so on brand for me. Like, it pops up 30 days later. It's a thing. Right. (laughs) Like, just like everything. It's like, uh, I'm nervous about this. And then it's like... But I, and I also love that, like, it's so interesting how so many people will talk about stuff forever and never do it. And then some people are like, oh, I'm running with that, you know? And I just love that energy. I feel like that's the most important thing. Like, having an idea is worthless if you're not doing what you need to yeah, do with it. Yeah, and know? it was really interesting, too, because I did have a conversation with her. And once I knew I was going to go for it by myself, I was like, hey, I just want you to know. Because, you know, I don't want it to be weird. Like, mm-hmm. you feel like... I was like, I just want to let you know that, like, when we discussed it, I really meant that I was interested, and I've, like, ordered my photo booth, and I'm starting, and I was glad. She was, like, really excited for me, and it wasn't a weird conversation, but mm. I just wanted to let her know, because I can always be, like, an iffy thing. Like, right. I mean, you decided to come out with a t-shirt line, and right. then you back out, and I'm like, hey, I'm doing the t-shirts. Right. You don't want bad blood right. or anything like that, especially with friendship. 
but I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I'm very excited. I keep telling her I can't wait for you to get big so you can hire me. <laughs> Girl, I'm crying because somebody on Facebook was under my little thing like, hey, are you in Austin yet? I would love to support. And I was like, not yet, but we're working towards it. Yes, girl. I'm telling you, we do branches. I don't even have a photo booth in my possession yet. It doesn't matter, honey. We're speaking those things right. that are not. I was like, we're working towards it. Yes, we're going to be in Austin, Dallas. We're coming to a metropolitan area near you. Exactly. It might That's be right. in El Paso, okay? Yeah, and my goal is to not just do photo booths. I want to also go into, like, all of event rental, but mm. I'm just going to use the photo booth as my jump-off point. Yeah. Like, I'm already going to be also doing flower walls, which mm. are very popular, yes. very expensive, so... For my first little bridal expo, I'm going to bring two flower walls and then the photo booth and have that be like, you know. Wonderful. Now, what's up with you, girl? Girl, listen, <laughs> I'm living the life of a rich wife without the husband, okay? That's <laughs> that's literally like my update. That is what I'm doing with my life. And I have no, no complaints about it. I don't feel bad about it. I am currently taking a break from work because I need a break from work. And you might be thinking, didn't this girl just take a break from work? Because I don't know if I talked about it last time. But, like, I just, it's just been a lot going on. I just, especially with, like, losing someone and just, just feeling overwhelmed and just feeling like, I just need, I just need a time out. I need a break. So I'm taking, um several weeks off, which in my job, especially the culture at my job is unheard of. But I just don't care. Um, it kind of goes in line with, you know, the theme of our of our episode today and what we're talking about. But it's like, you know, to hell with it. Like, I'm focusing on me. I'm focusing on what I want to do. I'm working out more this week. I went to Sprouts and I just spent two hours in Sprouts Goshi shopping. Yes, <laughs> on the phone with Crystal. Like, Crystal, where do yeah. I find this? <laughs> Buying my elderberry, you know, like just really living the rich woman of leisure lifestyle that I deserve, yes. <laughs> but I'm just giving it to myself. Mm -hmm. um, and it just, I'm also just demanding the most from anyone who wants my time. Like I really am just like adding tax. And you know how they always talk about like the, always the tweets and the meme, like calculate your work and add tax. Yes. And I always feel like I used to give myself, like I used to put myself on discount. I used to put myself on clearance. I used to really like give myself away, like, you know, without demanding what I deserve. And like, it just came to a point where I'm just, I don't know what ha what hit at the end of last year, but it was just like, no, never yeah. again. Like I'm adding, it could also be, you know, the guy for my birthday and all he did. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm not never accepting less than this. Like yeah. this is like my rate now. <laughs> like this yeah. is like my price from here on out. And it's funny cause my sister calls it the Lori Harvey experience yeah. <laughs> where she's like, She's like, it's on different levels, but like where it's like, no, you're going to court me. You're going to work for this and just not really thinking anything that I require or ask for is ridiculous. And I know that could sound crazy because it could be crazy, right? Because some some women take it to crazy extremes. At least, I mean, everything's relative, right? So what's crazy for one person is not crazy for the other. Mm -hmm. But just realizing like, I don't, and the, the funny thing is when I ask or when I like require things, it's not yeah, even yeah. like <laughs> That's the thing that, like, you know, I always just really lean into the saying, clothes, mouths, don't get fed. Never. And that's the tea about everything in your life. Mm -hmm. Even the topic we're going to discuss today, like, that is just an overarching theme of what you need to know. Clothes, mouths, don't get fed. And nobody's going to rise to your 
standard unless you let them know the standard. Right. And if you want something, ask for it. And th- this is the craziest thing about me, though. I'm such a giver, and I will go out of my way, and I'll go above and beyond. But I'll never want to ask for other people to do anything. You know what I mean? Like, I always yeah. feel a type of way. I always feel whatever. Even knowing how much I will give, I, I always kind of am tentative about it. But, like, lately, just been asking and, like, bringing things up. And, it's, and I'm not even getting pushback. And it's like, I should have been. Yeah. I should have been, like, on, on this energy from the jump. And it's just so nice to just, I don't it's just... I'm never going back. And make sure y'all listen to the next episode because she got a nice little something coming that we're not going to tell right now. <laughs> we're going to save that for next week. but It's going to be yes. some nice little hot tea for y'all next uh-huh. week, baby. But yes. we're going to put that on pause right now because what we're talking about now. Yeah, and so I actually also forgot. I had my job review, my one-year review. You know, everybody oh, has a review. And... Are you still this employed? Is gonna, this is going to lead us into the topic because this is what motivated me to do a topic on this episode is, or like on this topic is because just work, like work anxiety and all that. But I have my job um, review and it went so freaking well. Aww. <laughs> I just like, talked to her before this morning and she was telling me about her work stress and how she thinks she's going to get fired before the... But like, <laughs> a picture literally in my mind i had a picture that i log into this video conference for my annual review and it's my boss and her boss and they're like hey you're no longer needed literally that's what i had in my mind and this is irrational because i'm good at my job like i'm a hustler i'm good at my job whatever but just the anxiety and the mental thing of like always expecting the worst when it comes Mm -hmm. to work or feeling like you're not enough Literally, my boss was like, you're doing excellent. You're doing so great. You're just like, what did you say? You were oh, enthusiastically helpful. Like, all these <laughs> things. It's like, girl, what? And here I am thinking that I'm on the chopping block, right? Literally, in my head, I'm like, yeah, that's what they're doing it right before our town hall. Because normally, they fire people before the town hall. And then the town hall, you hear that people got fired. And, just like, <laughs> and so, anyway, just so funny. And so, that brought me into the topic of hustle culture mm. and how it's toxic and it can be very damaging. And so, that's what I wanted to talk about today. And I think we both can relate to that a lot. Um, especially with like our career trajectories and kind of where we have started versus where we are now. And I feel like there's certain um, evangelists of hustle culture who need to be dethroned. And it's like, for one, someone who I used to love growing up, weirdly, I don't know, since I was seven, I loved Diddy for some reason. I don't know why. And like, he used to always talk about, oh, I wake up at this time, I get two hours of sleep, I don't sleep, I grind, you sleep when you're dead. I used to be like so on that, like, yeah. We're going to sleep and we're dead. We're going to this and that. And it's bull. Like, I don't want to, like, it's just so much BS. Like, it's it's so, and then all these videos of, like, I w- like, there's a parody I sent Lisa. I don't know if I ever sent it to you, where it's, like, a parody of, like, I woke up at 3 o'clock and then I ran to a brook. And then I did, like, he's just, like, parodying all those, like, inspirational videos that are on YouTube where it's like, yeah, I wake up at 430 every morning and I run 10 miles. And then yeah, I do. like morning routine of a millionaire. Right. What a millionaire does with their day. And it's like all these. All very- these things where it's like, and I love there's a guy who does like 21 day challenges and he did 21 days of waking up at five. And he's like, I was no more productive. <laughs> like, honestly, I was less productive than when I woke up at nine. And it's like, 
there's like this reinforcement, just like when the pandemic started and people are like, if you don't pick up a hustle, if you don't do this and that, you know, during the pandemic, there's no excuse. And it's like, what about the fact that it's a pandemic and people are dying and people are losing their jobs and it's, it's, a, it's a, a lot of insecurity and a lot of instability for some people's mental health. What about that? Like just that mentality that like, you always have to be doing this or, or, or doubling up or getting to the money or getting to the next thing. It's like, it's number one, it's exhausting. Yeah. Number two, like, are you happy? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's just, I don't, I'm just so against it because I used to be so, such a follower of it. And I feel like success in itself can be an idol, and it is an idol for a lot of people. Yeah. And it's a vague idol because for a lot of people, they don't even understand what success really means to them. Right. And so that's the first thing I wanted to talk about. I wanted to kind of like each of us give a brief synopsis of our career trajectory. Like, I was thinking about the fact that you used to work at um, Genghis Grill when you graduated. And kind of just talk about like, not in, so you don't have to go to every single job, but kind of how you've worked your way up to this is the job. I think the job right now. The you that worked at Genghis Grill would have thought that this was the golden ring. Right. Right? And so just talk about that trajectory, and then I'm going to speak about mine a little bit, and we'll just kind of... Girl, so the funny thing is, so, okay, I feel like I've worked for so long, and I think that's another part of it, right? So I got my first job at 15. I think my first job was um, Aeropostale, when I just did, like... And I had to, like, beg my stepdad and my mom to let me... Well, really, my stepdad, because he's like, you need to focus on your books. And I'm like, no, I really want a job. So I got, like, the seasonal jobs mm-hmm. at Aeropostale. And then I got, um, a, I got another seasonal job at, like, Hollister or something. <laughs> and so um, I worked at Pan- Panera. That was, like, my longest job before I went to college. And I honestly worked on and off all through college. Like, I would always have a job every year. And I had the most random jobs, right? So I, w- I worked in catering. I worked in... I worked in the financial aid office. I worked in, um, I was a tour guide, but I just always worked, right? And so when I graduated, I thought, okay, I'm gonna take a year off, study for the LSAT, and then, um, you know, live at home, and then I'll be able to start law school. But that didn't happen. The year I graduated, my my stepdad and my mom got a divorce, um, and it was just, it was just not the security that I thought I was gonna be going into. So I found myself needing to work. So I went back and I was working at Panera Bread. I had a falling out with my mom, so then I needed to move out of the house. So then I also, I, I got a job at Genghis Grill while I was also, and this is with a political science degree, while I was also um, working as an assistant manager at a yogurt, yogurt shop, right? Mm-hmm. So like, <laughs> I was, doing those two jobs and I had my Aggie ring on. So people would come into Angus Genghis Real and be like, oh, you're an Aggie? Cause this was like in Katy, which is like a nice area of like Houston. And I'm like, yeah, I just graduated. And it'd be like this quizzical little look on their face yeah. <laughs> while I got them their, re- their drinks and their menus, right? So um, I was studying for the LSAT while doing that. And then I was still applying for jobs. I got a job working HR at this oil and gas company. And so I thought that was my big break, right? I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna get. And it was like a contract position. So I got contract benefits and I was um, salaried, but like, and I thought that was making so much money, right? Yeah. Because it's like, when you go from like tips to like, I get like a, a bi-weekly check and I get benefits. Yeah. Girl, I thought I was living the life, right? So I was working at that job, applying for law schools and, while working at that job, 
I realized that HR was like a big field. I did onboarding and I I wasn't too happy with that job because they wouldn't get me like an assistant. I was working 60 plus hours. Like I've always worked, been like a hustler, like I'm gonna work a lot. And so I'm like, you know what, for this, what I'm doing, I could be making more money. So I, I interviewed at different places. I got another job where literally I added like 15,000 to my salary within like seven months. Yeah, I remember that. It was crazy. Like it was such a huge jump because I was already feeling myself for that little yeah. money I was making. So then when I when I did that jump, I was like, oh, okay, I'm like 22 making like probably what the average, probably more than what the average person, makes, yeah, person makes in the U.S., right? Yeah, for And sure. so I was, that's when, that's the year we started traveling. That's the year we wanted to go to Atlanta and we wanted to go to all these little places because we had a little coin, right? And that's when I moved into the high rise. Yeah. <laughs> so, she got that first, I don't even think she got her first check cleared yet before she was like, you know what? I'm getting a high rise apartment that has valet for me and all my guests. And I just remember, I'm not going to lie, y'all. I'm really bad about this as a friend sometimes. Very bad. I'll have opinions. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, terrible idea, terrible idea. <laughs> but I don't like to push my own worldviews on people. And I'm a big person about, like, people are going to do what they want to do. And that's just the tea. Like, very rarely do people fully take the advice that others are going to give. Unless they already know it's advice that they need to take. But she really thought that this high rise was a good decision. So anyway, <laughs> She just went full-fledged, like, I... You know what's, what's really the tea? Before I got the job. So, this is what happened. I visited you once, right? I visited you once for lunch, and Crystal's working downtown, and to me, it was, like, Golden City. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. And so, I literally had a prayer. I was like, God, I want to work downtown. I want to go to law school around downtown, and I want to live downtown. Yeah. That was my prayer. So, I got the high-rise before even getting the job that could pay for yeah. it, right? <laughs> before even getting the job that could pay for it, I signed for this high-rise, and glory to God, I got the job soon after. Yeah. And then I also got into the school. Yes. And so God really just worked in my favor that year. I mean, always, right? And so um, the plan was to quit my job and go to law school full time. But I was making what I thought was good money. So yeah. I was like, I'm not going to quit. And then um, while working in HR, we're trying to fill a specific position um, in that. I was at a petrochemical company now. We're trying to fill a position. We couldn't fill that position. And I had a good rapport with the hiring director. And so mm -hmm. I was like, well, let me apply. So I applied, right? Yes. Got that position. Was another like 10,000 plus increase for me. So now I'm like 23 and I'm really living good, even right. though my financial literacy is terrible. So there's no savings. <laughs> there's no nothing. Money's in, money's out. Yeah. Terrible. But I'm really living good. Going to law school at night. Hiding the fact that I'm in law school from everyone at my job. So I'm right. living like a double life, right? Like right. no one at my job knows I'm in law school. <laughs> so I did that for a couple of years. I finally um, stopped going to law school, stopped working because I got an internship out of the country with the Department of State. So went to this internship, um, loved it, lived abroad for six months, came back and really started trying to hustle and like get different internship experiences, which I did. Finally, I graduate, right? So I, and I always, so in all of this, right, I'm working, right? So I have internships, but usually they're paying. Um, the one semester I didn't have a paying internship was a big struggle because um, my home dynamic is not very supportive, right? So in all this, I'm working. I'm also, um, at one point, I move in with my mother and my brother, but my mother is not working and paying any of the bills. So me and my brother are paying all the bills, right? And so I'm in law school, I'm working all through. At one point, I get another H HR job. They don't know I'm in law school either, but like I get a full-time HR job. 
um, I think maybe like the semester before I graduate. So I'm working through the last semester I graduate and I try to work while sitting for the bar, which terrible decision. I'm, I'm an attorney, if you don't know at this point, I'm an attorney. I try to work while sitting for the bar. Um, two weeks before the bar, I realize I can't do it. I quit, study for the bar. Um, and then after I take the bar, I still need to work because I have to pay the bills. For Me and my brother have to pay the bills. So I actually start working at Amazon, guys. Like, I forgot to work at Amazon. Girl, not only was I working at Amazon, because, and this is the thing, it's like, I'm going to work. So I knew how much I needed to make, right, to be able to pay the bills. So I start working at Amazon, um, and I work the night shift. So I literally work from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Uh-huh. at the warehouse three days a week because you get extra pay, right? So I'm on my feet for 12 hours a day working at Amazon with a law degree from a tier one school. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's insanity. But, like, I'm penning bar results. And I also always felt – so one thing that I, I – always felt like that I had failed at is that I didn't do like there's summers that people do when they're in law school that I didn't do because I was working part time Mm -hmm. and because I was trying to like balance everything so I always felt like I messed up there that I didn't get as many opportunities because some people can get jobs like from those summer programs and I Mm -hmm. didn't do those so I felt like I messed up there I felt like I didn't get my GPA as high as it should be and I messed up there because I was working so much so I've always kind of been very hard on myself and felt like I'd messed up these opportunities especially while having a law degree and then working at Amazon I'm like I've messed right. up all these opportunities I've taken out all these loans and I didn't do what I need to do so I'm praying to get another job that's not Amazon so I start working at this insurance company as a claims adjuster right Okay, girl, speed it up because we're okay. going to be here all day. Okay, oh we God, are. How so, many jobs? <laughs> so, okay, I work at, as, at this insurance company. I work at this insurance company as a, cl- as a claims adjuster. Um, and I think I'm just going to work there till I pass the bar. Didn't pass the bar that year. And so, and I'm making less than I used to make before I even went to law school. Like, much less, right? So, didn't pass the bar that year. And so, I was at a very, like, low point. Mm-hmm. Um, feeling like I've ruined my life. I mean, yeah, that was a hard loss <laughs> to was, not pass the bar. Right. Feeling like I've ruined my life. I could have got this job with a lot with uh, my bachelor's. Honestly, people work there without a bachelor's. So it's like, right. what have I done? So anyway, long story short, I took the bar again. I passed. As soon as I passed, I got another job with a small firm, a, a one person firm. Didn't like that. And then I got the job that I have now, which is some people's dream job, right? Yeah. Which is like a job that I thought... I wouldn't be able to get because I didn't do like they also do pre-commits and all these things and I didn't do that process. So I thought this job I wouldn't be able to get. But I have the job that I have now, have been in it for several years, and it's a great accomplishment, but it's not where I want to be. It's and not we're gonna talk what about I that. We're be. gonna get to that next topic about now you have this job, yeah. you've earned your whole path to get to this yes. career. And now you have a career that by if I asked any standard American on the street, like, hey, is this job X, Y, and Z considered like a fancy job or like a job that you aspire for? The hashtag girl boss job. Yeah. The hashtag I'm a hustler job. It would be yes, without question. It's it's impressive. To anyone I say what I do, it's impressive. Yeah, right? it's an impressive job. So we're going to get into that. Now I'm going to tell a little bit about my backstory. We're not going to go too long. <laughs> Sorry, girl. I, I took it all the way back to high you school. You did. I was like, man, I said for college. <laughs> I gave you a very specific tip. I said 
did I not I say wanted, Genghis Grill? I wanted them to get the full, you know, the full, in case they're in a place where they feel like they're not where they want to be. I want them to understand. Well, I appreciate that. But next time you stay on task. No, I'm just kidding. It is important. I'm going to go back to high school as well, but I'm going to just rapid fire through it. So I started working in high school when my mom got diagnosed with cancer. I was probably like a junior and I was about to go to my senior year and I knew I wanted to go to A&M. And when my mom got cancer, she had to quit her job. She made too much money the year before, so we didn't qualify for any like financial aid or assistance. Like mm. we would have to be going to the churches begging them to try to help us pay our rent. Terrible, like one time I got evicted, like while I was at the house, and like they put our stuff out and kicked me out the apartment. Like it was terrible. But anyway, so at that time I worked at Edible Arrangements. And I did that for like a year and a half. Very hard work, but it taught me how to dip strawberries and chocolate. <laughs> so, thanks for that. And then when I went to college, probably like my first semester, no, not even. I didn't even get to take one semester not working. Like I kept a job through college. Like right. I worked at a bank as a bank teller. And it was a great job. Like, if I had a kid and I needed for them to get a job or, like, whatever, or any kid, I would be, like, be a bank teller in the city. It was super easy. The worst part was, like, waking up in the morning. <laughs> but I kept that job. I think I was making, like, 13 an hour at one point, which is great for, like, a college kid. Mm-hmm. Then I got kicked out of school. <laughs> I mean, explain that. Because you didn't just get kicked out of school. Girl, okay, my mom died. I forgot. Yeah, like, that's a big question. <laughs> I mean, I didn't forgive but My mom passed away. But if I'm keeping it 100, even before my mom passed away, like, I was terrible at college. And first I had a major that I hated. Also, what was your first major? Biology, and I hated it. <laughs> and then also, too, like, my mother was a single mom. Mm. Like, my dad's in my life, but my mom was a single mom, so... Mm. Just when you grow up with a single mom, you just grow up with like a lot more responsibility and burden because of the fact that like you're your parents' sounding board sometimes. Like I was just more aware of like certain situations than most children are. So the whole time, because my mom had a gambling addiction, because she, God dang, I'm telling all my family, (laughs) I need to really shit in. But basically, like, my mom passed away, and so that was just kind of like the culmination of, like, I was wilding, and I got asked politely to not come back. (laughs) And so I came home to Houston. I'm like, dang, what am I going to do? Like, I got to figure this out. So the hustler in me, I took that little resume, and I just decided that I graduated. And y'all, this is the terrible part. On my resume, I will put that I finished, but whenever I actually thought out the application, I will put the truth. <laughs> because I knew That's that, like, the smart legally, part. they had to, like, as long as I had, like, the truth on the application, mm-hmm. the background check was going to match. There was going to be nothing that flagged because I'm not lying about on the application that they were sent to the. Right. <laughs> so, anyway, I just, like, basically. <laughs> Game the system a little. Game the system a little and was just, like, out here finessing and so I ended up getting a listen we all have to finesse when you start out and not to say to do anything unethical of course but when you start out like the way that the system is set up for people to fail who don't have ends so when you start out you have to finesse a little I'm just saying I just yeah I believe that and so I ended up getting a job at an oil and gas company wait real quick and I know you want to make this click but tell about the job the job you got before the oil and gas job Oh, wait, which one? Where you realized they wanted you to be walking. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't. I have to tell this story. So I'm out here hustling, trying to find a job, like so depressed. I got kicked out of college. I'm back living with my aunt, who me and my aunt used to have a very tumultuous relationship. My mom has died. Like, it's just a lot. 
And so I'm going to job interviews and if you're a recent grad or just a person in general, we all have experienced like those jobs where they right away message you and they're like, hey, you're perfect. So they told me to come for this interview. Of course, I put on my business suit. I'm ready. <laughs> I get there and they're like, it's to sell AT&T door to door. And they're like, yeah, well, you have the job. If you show up here tomorrow in your tennis shoes and um, dress comfortable because you'll be outdoors, you're going to just walk to people's houses and try to get them to join AT&T. And I remember after that just feeling so defeated. I, like, walk out of this job interview, and I'm like, is this what I went to college for, for people to try to, you know what I mean? Like, did I spend this four years in college when, like, the person that I am, I could have spent those four years and been, like, the manager or something. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, dang. So I was so depressed, and then my phone rang, and it was a recruiter. And at this time, I didn't know anything about recruiters because you really, like, I don't come from a family of, like, college-educated, high-earning people. Mm. So a recruiter was foreign to me or, like, a person that, you know, places you at a job. But this recruiter, he sold me because he went to the same college as me. And so he's like, yeah, I have a job. Just show up on Monday. You know, dress business casual, show up on Monday. I'm like, dang, it's another scam. (laughs) But at this time, I'm desperate. I'm like, it's downtown, so it has to be something semi-decent. Y'all, I get downtown. It's the tallest building in Texas at the time. It's not anymore. It's at the tallest building in Texas. It's this oil and gas company that's, like, on the stock exchange. Like, a great job. And because he hired me directly, the manager of the oil and gas company just is like, yeah, here's your cubicle. You start work today. Like, gives me instructions. So I worked there. And I worked there probably for, like, a year. I just took some time. I didn't try to go back to school or anything. But then probably a year and a half into it, I decided to go back and get my degree because I knew like I need my degree I wanted to move up and I knew it was like at the end of the day it was going to come up eventually Mm. so I went back got my degree it was terrible I was driving an hour and 30 minutes probably like two hours back and forth two times a week and working full time (laughs) it was just wild and how did you feel because and this is the crazy thing you you I always felt like you had this insecurity about not having your degree I absolutely even though you were making more money than some of us who had our degrees (laughs) yeah I absolutely had that and I still have it in a lot of ways I think now I'm like less ashamed of it but I felt ashamed to say like I got kicked out of college like really yeah because first of all we're blessed with a circle of women who are not no average the thing about it is, like, to many circles, I would be doing excellent. And mm-hmm. I am doing excellent. But, like, this is a circle of women where, like, left and right, there are achievers. Right. There are go-getters. Right. There are successful people. And that, again, ties into hustle culture. The fact that, like, when you are surrounded by people that are constantly excelling, mm-hmm. it makes it even harder for you to need to say, like, hey, I need a second. Or, hey, no, I'm not trying to do this or that. Right. And so, yeah, I did always feel, like, ashamed. I felt ashamed and embarrassed. <laughs> But I graduated. All my girls came to see me graduate. I'm still so grateful. I still have pictures from that day. And then I just, like, applied for a job. Got it. Applied for another job. Got it. And so I'm still... But I feel like even before you graduated, you had a promotion. Yeah, I got promoted. Like, I got promoted twice. Like, and you jumped... Like, you jumped... How much did you jump before you even got your degree? Like, money-wise? Probably, like, 15000 at least. At least fifteen. And now, like... From where I started in the industry to now, I've more than doubled my income. Or, yeah, doubled it. I more than doubled it. And so that was kind of my trajectory. Now I have a job that, again, like Chizzy said, is imp- impressive. Like if we both gave our job titles to anybody, if I give you a business card, you would look at it and be like, oh, this bitch is getting it. Right. She's out here doing her thing. And so both of us have that. But now I'm going to talk about the reality behind the title. Mm. And like, 
And do you remember, so just <laughs> real quick, remember when uh, my 27th birthday, I was getting my makeup done, and the makeup artist, we were at your place, and she was like, you live here? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like just you by yourself? Like, do you remember that? And for us, I was like, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I forgot we did that in my apartment. And right. I was like, the thing is, y'all, I'm cheap, though. So this apartment was like $1,100 because they were building a high-rise right next to it. But it was a thousand and thirty-four square feet apartment. Like it was huge. <laughs> and but even still, like even I feel like we've always been like even when I was in the high rise that I shouldn't have been. I feel like we've always kind of lived in a certain way that was so normal to us. But yeah, like it is outside of our bubble, it's like oh this is impressive. Like yeah. I remember when my and I was proud like when my stepdad and my mom visited my place and they're like you you small girl like live here like where there's a bellboy like literally my place. Even though now people call it Rich Ratchet, but, like, when I lived there, um, like, literally you have to get, like, like they'll call me if you're downstairs. And yeah, like, it was nice. Can I send this person up? But I'm like, of course. Like, you know, it was it was nice. So, like, I feel like we've always kind of had that that thing where it's, like, it looks so nice, but for us it's so normalized. Right. You know what I mean? That's absolutely true. And so we have these, fan- you know, we have these impressive lives. But then it's the reality of what the cost is kind of to like your emotional and mental well-being to maintain it. So I just wanted to talk about like the realities behind the title. I know for me, one thing is too, another thing too, nobody really gets what I do for a living. Like (laughs) when I tell people the title, unless you work in the industry, you're not going to understand what I do. Right. And so they also understand like how does she afford this and that because they don't get like how much responsibility I have as a you know for my job Mm -hmm. and so one big thing is like the cost of all this is anxiety Mm -hmm. anxiety people don't talk about like and it's so funny because it's like the higher you go up the more you make the more is expected of you generally some people get a lot of money and they don't do nothing but the more is expected of you and having a demanding job it's just so and jobs can be demanding in different ways right if it's something like, you enjoy your job. I do not, right? So I feel like we have different job experiences, even though we both have, you know, work anxiety and work stress. But it's like when someone's paying you a certain amount of money, even though I'm technically underpaid, like, for whatever. But anyway, when someone, when you have a certain type of job that's demanding or prestigious, like, it's just so much pressure on you. It's so much pressure on you. And, like, no one talks about the pressure, not only on you, but also to keep the job, to maintain either your lifestyle or your loans. For me, it's really my loans because my lifestyle isn't that crazy, right? But it's, like, you get all these loans, right, to be able to get this career, and now you have pressure to keep a certain type of job. or And then there's also the pressure of, like, not wanting to go down in salary or go back. Yeah. That's another huge thing. Like, once you reach a certain point... And feeling like, I can't go back. I can't go down. I and can that only... goes into hustle culture, right? Because once you have a certain thing or once you get a certain place, it's the idea that you have to keep mm-hmm. either maintain it mm-hmm. or honestly, I wouldn't even say maintain. I wrote on here, I was talking about the fact of like wanting to get promoted even though you don't want to be promoted. Yes. Like, it's just like <laughs> and that's part of hustle culture. Because you don't want to fall behind. Yeah. It's the real, that's the real thing. You don't want to feel like I'm behind. Yeah, and like how toxic hustle culture is. And I've had to let go of a little bit of it because like even me, today in my review, I was like, dang, I wonder if we're going to talk about me getting promoted. There's no other hiring place I can go besides being a manager or a supervisor. But just that idea that if I'm not chasing a carrot, mm-hmm. then I'm not doing enough. And I honestly, so 
I remember having kind of like a weird crisis when I graduated law school, not a crisis, but like a weird internal struggle where it's like, there's no more school. Like, what do I do now? Like, I understand I get a job, right? But it was just a weird thing where it's like for so much of my life, the goal was to get a degree. Like there was like this tangible external goal and having that away, having finished like the school, like having finished. And especially with the bar, it's like the bar was the next thing, but it's like, this is done. Like, it's a weird thing where it's like, it reminds me of how, um, you know, Olympians at like 18 or 19, they win the gold medal. And it's like, what now? Like, yeah. you've done the hardest thing or the biggest thing you ever thought you could do. And a lot of them get depressed because it's like, what now? And I feel like we have that issue. Even at my job that I don't like, remember, like, in the earliest episodes, I was talking about waiting for a promotion. I still want to be promoted because I still and want... That's, that's the thing. You just want that accolade. You yeah. want that check off the list and, like... How crazy that is that she's right here saying, like, I don't love this job. I don't even want to see myself in this job a year from now. But no. I still, if I am here a year from now, I want to be promoted. Yeah. <laughs> and also, it's also the expectation. Another thing, and maybe, I don't know if this is, I guess this is everyone, right? Because capitalism and our money culture, everyone's chasing more money. Yeah. Even if it's just for more money's sake. Because honestly, like, if I really think about it, and especially in my new job, I definitely want to be able to say I'm making 20, 30, 40,000 more than I am now, right? What am I doing with that money? No idea. Outside of paying off debt and saving, there's literally, I have no plans of increasing my lifestyle, right? Yeah. But I just want to be able to say I'm making this much more. I'm making, you know what I mean? So it's like that forever chasing of like, I want to make this much. I want to have that much. Even though like with taxes, what is it really, right? Like as much, like- at, at a certain point, unless they really start throwing money at you, like with taxes, it's like, okay. This I feel is- like your next promotion when you do get, depending on how much of a promotion it is, or if you, like if you get promoted, not if you find a new job, but mm-hmm. just if you get promoted, you'll realize. Yeah. You'll be in that next tax bracket where you'll be just above the line, mm-hmm. but not enough where it's going to be like, girl, what is this? Like, right. It's going to be like, oh, I get to eat out a little more every, yeah. every week. You know what I mean? Like, that's- but yeah, that was a big one, like wanting to get promoted for jobs that you don't even, like wanting to get promoted for getting promoted's sake and mm-hmm. how that is like hustle culture. And another thing that is part of hustle culture that is so toxic is feeling like you constantly have to be connected to your work. Mm. That, to me, is, like, the epitome of hustle culture, kind of, or, like, just always feeling like you have to be working or yeah. doing something for your job. Feeling and, guilty when you're not working. Yeah, even if it's entrepreneurship, whatever it is, the idea that your phone needs to have your email attached yeah. to it, you need to have your calendar, that's something that, like, I didn't, and it's very much so a millennial thing and maybe a Gen Z thing because in my last company, it was mostly older people. Mm-hmm. The way it would just be like, well, you missed us on Friday. We'll see you Monday. <laughs> <laughs> or, oh, it's after five. You'll have to wait until the morning. But now I work with mostly millennials. My boss is only a year older than me. Mm-hmm. You know, we're like pretty much around the same generation. And like a week into me starting, I realized like, oh, you need to put your email on your cell phone i had never had it before at any job i had never now it's like i had to have it just for that peace of mind because i'd go to sleep and i'd wake up to 15 emails from people solving problems when we're supposed to be off work right and so that's was a part of hustle culture and it just becomes like the regular culture now it's not even hustle culture at this company it's like oh this that's is just- but this is the thing and this is what bothers me right because at all these jobs they talk about work-life balance but they don't really mean it yeah. right because it's like I remember struggling and really wanting, especially when I started trying to, like, get better at, like, eating better and working out and trying to find a balance. 
and then kind of being scolded by like my superiors for not working enough right like for not putting in 60 plus hours and it's like and that's when I really had to start like getting in therapy because I really felt like I can't win like there's so many different balls that I'm trying to juggle and it's hard to keep them all up right and it's it's it doesn't promote health and I think that's the one of the biggest flaws of hustle culture Health is not in the equation when you're talking about hustle culture. Health is, like, at the bottom. It, I don't even know if health is a priority, to be honest, for hustle. It's hustlers. not. <laughs> like, it's only a priority in the sense of when I hear people talk about health in the same lines of hustle culture, it's like, well, I need to live till I'm 60 so I can make more money. <laughs> or, you know, that's typically what I hear. Like, yeah, I run five miles a day so that I can make more, so I can be alive longer to make more money. I'm green juicing because I want to live to 70 and be able to spend the money that I'm spending my 20s and 30s mm. sacrificing my life for. You know, that's typically how I typically hear it referred to. And that's even like, I feel like that's even like entrepreneurs, right? Who have yeah. that benefit. Because it's like, even though I know there are people who are working, you know, 60 plus hours who are still waking up and running. And I can't even imagine how this works when you have a family. Because it's like, yeah. we don't even have like kids or husbands. It's like, I don't even understand how do you do this? And you're supposed to have a family, you're supposed to have kids, and then you're also supposed to take care of your health, and you're supposed to... It just, it just, it's not realistic. It just does not seem realistic. And I feel like it creates, this is the problem, it creates this expectation that, like, everyone else is able to do it, so why aren't you? Yeah, it does. Because I felt that way before. I felt like, why is everyone else able to, like, work this many hours keep up with these this caseload keep up with this demand why is it a struggle for me and it's not a struggle for everyone else kind of that's a perfect segue into something that i think also you have to talk about when you talk about hustle culture especially as black women and black people is imposter syndrome Mm. and how that also ties into like the hustle culture because i think for me too unfortunately sometimes i feel like especially like that's why i wanted us to talk about our career trajectories is for me Sometimes I really struggle with imposter syndrome because sometimes I'm like, dang, you finessed your way in here. Are you worthy of keeping, you know, like, are you worthy of maintaining it? That's why I worry, like, sometimes that I do feel anxiety about stuff when it's like, I know I'm doing a good job, but it's just the idea of, like, am I supposed to be here? Is this, you know? And so, okay, my question for you is, there was a period of time where you thought about or where you were working on getting another degree. Do you feel like that was because of the imposter syndrome? I think partially, maybe, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to have something that, like, checked off the fact that, oh, I do have something in accounting and finance. I do, you know, I don't just have a poli-sci degree, and I, like, managed to get in. But that quickly failed, or, like, didn't fail. I realized that it wasn't important to me, which I thank God for. Right. That he gave me that guidance. But, yeah. Do you think you ever struggle with imposter syndrome at your job? I think I do. I feel like... I feel like I always wonder, like, am I not good enough? Am I? It's like, so I feel like my skill set is good, right? But I feel like I'm always wondering, am I not doing enough? Mm -hmm. It's always about productivity. Am I not answering enough emails? Am I not responsive enough? Am I not killing myself enough for this job? And I think that's that's my issue with the job. Um, because it's like, I'm not bad at what I do. First of all, the workload is unmanageable. And I think there's also this weird thing that happens in some cultures where it's like, everyone knows this is unmanageable. Yeah. And it's just, it's just a known fact. Like, oh yeah, it's unmanageable. Go ahead and do it. You know what I mean? It's like a weird no, thing. No, I feel like that's how it was too when I worked at the company where they fired everybody except for me and that other guy. Like, I went from a department to eight, of eight to a department of three overnight without any warning. Like... 
I just didn't get a phone call telling me that I was fired that night. So when I showed up the next day, it was like, yeah, so basically the seven jobs, the seven roles, y'all need to split them and make them two roles. And so I think it's like that. Yeah, where it was very unrealistic. It was very crazy. But to say like, hey, this is unrealistic. We'd be like, oh, how dare you? We just right, we operate right. like this is. <laughs> yeah, like, and that's the thing. It's like you... You don't have a voice to say like, okay, this is too much. This is not, this is not worth like anything. Honestly, this is not worth the salary. And the thing is not to say, I feel like this is also the pushback, right? Because I'm, part of me is kind of getting like, not to say, I want to defend myself. Like not to say like, I'm not, I, I, I don't want to, um, I'm not a hard worker. Because I feel like that's always the pushback. Like, oh, you want it easy. You don't want to do hard work. No, that's not realistic. It's nothing about hard work. To me, this is my thing about to hustle culture. Hustle culture as an entrepreneur is one thing. Hustle mm. culture is me working for somebody else. It's something very different. You have me here for 40 hours. We work jobs where we don't get overtime. We are salaried. Yes. So I'll give you maybe three extra hours or five extra hours. And to me, that's a hard worker. You asking me to book a 70-hour week and you're paying me for 40 that's not me working hard. That's you taking advantage of me. And that's you not properly allocating your budget for employees. But I feel like in certain fields, like in my fields, where everyone's expected to work 60 plus hours yeah, for the same amount of pay. Yeah, which is crazy. And it's just no. And that's like if you don't have um, a certain thing coming up and then you're working 80 plus hours. And it's just like, well, this is known. Like you're yeah. doing this to get this skill set, to get this whatever experience. And it's just like, yeah, this is just what you do. And, but this is, it's also funny because it's also known in my career field that there's high rates of uh, depression, there's high rates of alcoholism, there's high, like, all of these negative things because, and no one talks about that with hustle culture, like, the effects of it, right? The suicides, the alcoholism, right. the drugs that people use Ooh, let's talk to, about you it. know what I mean? Like, no one wants to talk about, like, that side. Like, a lot of these people are on drugs. Mm-hmm. Y'all are doing cocaine, y'all are doing Adderall, y'all are doing all of these drugs to cope <laughs> With the pressure and the extreme amount of stress that hustle culture um, demands of you. But even, yeah. but not even just, so even entrepreneurs, because when I was really big on startups, um, there was a big thing about startup depression mm-hmm. and how like a lot of uh, startup founders have um, a lot of struggles with depression, with suicidal ideations, with alcoholism, it. with drugs, because it's so much pressure. And even though we think, and we feel like we'll feel better. Like, I, I definitely would feel better um, working for myself because it'd be something I want to do, something I'm passionate about. And I'm fine working. I'm happier working 14, 16 hour days on something I want to do. It's completely different doing all this for something you don't even want to do. But I still feel like there is still that um, probably imposter syndrome because you still feel like you're in rooms that you yeah. may not suppo- you're not supposed to be in, quote unquote. You may not feel as qualified as you should feel. And I feel like women in particular, we always feel underqualified. We always like yeah, we do. negotiate against ourselves before even coming to the negotiation room. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like we do. So I feel like even if as entrepreneurs, like that's also gonna be a struggle. You know, like yes. there's also still gonna be imposter syndrome there. But I just think it's gonna be better because hopefully we can set the culture. You know what I mean? For our own selves and for... And one of the main reasons I want to be an entrepreneur is because I want to create a different type of workplace and experience for my employees. Well, this is my question. Perfect, girl. You're doing all the great segues. (laughs) I love it. We are just in Podico today. 
So the last question for today I have is, do you feel pressured to want entrepreneurship? Or is it something that you truly organically want? Because I was thinking about like Clubhouse, for example. Girl. And how I've noticed personally, because I'm either way about entrepreneurship. Like mm -hmm. I, I like having a nine to five. In the sense that I love, if I give you a great week or a bad week, I'm still getting the same check. So I could work a 10 hour day where I'm really focused and working hard. Or I can work, or like a 10 hour week. There's sometimes where like you're paying me for 40 hours, but as far as like full grit work, I'm probably doing like 20 hours. Right. And I like that. I'm still getting <laughs> So I don't always feel pressure for entrepreneurship, but with things like Clubhouse where everybody has to want a boutique or this <laughs> or that, or just society, especially I think among, amongst like black people in 2021 and 2020, it's like, Oh, you're not out here getting your own bread. Mm -hmm. You're not out here getting it out the mud. You don't want to be your own boss. And do you feel that pressure sometimes of like, oh, you have to start your own thing. You have to be an entrepreneur because that means that you're I, more successful. I that think that pressure is there, but I feel like my natural inclination is towards entrepreneurship. So I don't feel that pressure. I don't, the crazy thing is I don't mind a nine to five. Like I enjoy corporate the corporate world and I feel like I've learned that's the one thing I do love about having all of these jobs I've learned so much working for other people and I think that's such a great thing to have when you're trying to build your own but um I just I think if I had a job that I actually enjoyed and I had a culture that I enjoyed it would be different but I because especially in like the field that I've got my degree in like my 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 professional degree in most of those cultures I don't enjoy I don't think I'm gonna find a job generally that I will enjoy. So ultimately, I feel like I'll be most satisfied being an entrepreneur. It's okay. just figuring out what's going to hit for me. Like what what am I going to do that I can throw myself in that's going to be able to provide for me um more than this job can provide for me. That's really the thing. Yeah, I just wonder because I know for me sometimes it does and it's funny because I just started this episode yeah. talking about starting a business. <laughs> but honestly, this starting this business, I don't have this grand. In my head, I would love it. And I do believe, like, picture the best life for yourself and envision. But if it doesn't, I'm just being like I'm making an extra 2000 a month. I'm totally fine still going to my job every day. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I like what I, I don't feel this pressure where, like, the only way is entrepreneurship. Mm. And I think sometimes that's very toxic because... It not is. everybody is meant to be a business owner. Not everybody will enjoy being a business owner. No. Not everybody can handle what it takes to be a business owner. And I think we do a disservice to people when we try to shame them into thinking that the only way is to not work for somebody else. And I think part of the issue is the financial literacy because there are millionaires who literally all they did for 20 or 30 years was work for someone else, save build up their portfolio and at 50 or 60 they're they have five million you know in retirement they have three million in retirement so i i feel like it's it doesn't it's not even <laughs> like if you follow the math like no you can work for someone else you can live within your means you can save money you can have you know a nest egg and still retire at an age and enjoy your life as a millionaire like yeah. you don't have to be an entrepreneur you don't need to be an entrepreneur if that's not where you feel driven because entrepreneurship is, I feel like it's all encompassing. I feel like you really have to, it's, it's literally I mean, like having a child. Is. I've only been doing this for like 12 days <laughs> <laughs> and already it's like every morning now I have to wake up, do my devotional, get on the internet, respond to anybody that's inquired about it, see how much I've spent in marketing rep, like check all my marketing budgets because you don't want to go over your budget. 
Then I have to do my nine to five. Then I get off. I'm doing the same stuff. I'm trying to reach out and market. Like, it's not just this whole, you know, it's mm-hmm. not this. And so I can't imagine somebody that has, like, inventory and stuff Girl. like that. Like, people just. And it's okay if that's not what you want. Right. You know? It's completely fine. And I feel like people have to. But I really think it goes back to the core of, like, defining success for yourself. Mm-hmm. And what is success to you? And I think a lot of people have not defined for themselves, what do I want in life? What is my um, goal of success? Like, what does happiness look like for me? And not what, what is it supposed to be? Not what, what does success look like for other people? Because even, and it's really funny, when I graduated law school, one of my coworkers, he was like, oh, you're going to get a new car. And I was like, nope. <laughs> He's like, you're going to be uh, an attorney driving a Nissan? I'm like, yeah, I am. And I'm still driving, like, I could get a BMW, I could get a Lexus, I could get, I don't care. I just generally do not care, right? And for some people, that might be success, but I just, I couldn't care less. So I'm just not putting my my effort or my energy towards it because it's it's just not important to me. And I feel like, and I'm happy that that is something that hasn't, like, influenced me to feel like I need those things, even though there are other things I probably, you know, shouldn't need. Yeah, it's important to, like, Take that one thing that you have that mindset of and pour it into other aspects of your life. Right. Like realizing that, okay, not everything, it's what you want. You right. Know, it's what you want or don't want. And even when it, when it comes to a house, like now I'm thinking about um, getting a house more for um, ca- a house hacking and, and extra income. But it's like also like if it takes me longer to save or if I'm in this place longer, I love my apartment. I love where I live. I love the people. Like I don't really care that much about owning a house right now. Like I just don't. And I guess the way I would wrap that up is to say one thing I think is really important and kind of is a good stop to hustle culture is to realize that like a decision against what you thought you wanted is not a failure. Mm. Right. It's okay if you try something and you decide, like, hey, this isn't a good fit for me. Or, hey, I don't want to have a high-power job where I make $200,000 a year, but I never get to go on vacation. Right. And that's okay. If you try it and you realize it's not for you, you didn't fail because you worked towards it and you tried it and it just didn't work out. Or it didn't. It wasn't what you thought it was going to be. Like, right. I just think it's so important to remember that. And I guess the final quote, even though it's not a quote, because I can't specifically remember it, but I remember reading something that says, um, being at the bottom of a ladder you want to climb is better than being halfway up a ladder that you don't want to climb. Yeah, right? that's so it's so like true. It's much better to like start over and actually be at the ladder that where, where you want to be headed. Then to find out that like, oh, I'm halfway up or I'm almost at the top of a ladder where I don't even want this, right? right? So don't be afraid to just redirect, which is what I'm trying to do. Figuring out how to redirect my life, how to, that I'm not stuck, I'm not in a box. And I just, I might have to just try different things. I might have to take a pay cut, praying I don't have to. But you know, just having, yeah. having to be open to different things. You and know? I guess, so here's the question of the episode. If you had to tell your younger self, say 20-year-old you, something about corporate America and give yourself some advice, what would it be? Girl, I think I would have gotten into something. Like, I would have stayed at a certain internship. Like, if I had, like, there are certain companies where it's like I interned, but I didn't really follow up. And if I would have, like, just kept coming back, I feel like I could have built something there and like kept it up longer. You know, I probably wouldn't even have needed to get a second degree. I could have just 
kept working at the same place. And like, by the time I was 25, I could have been making six figures or whatever. If I would have just plugged in and just stayed there. Cause I know at the company that I worked at before I stopped to go full time for um, law school, there were administrative assistants making good money who like all they've done since they were 20 was work for that company. Yeah, And, be and now they're like admins to the CEO. That's the real tea, y'all. Do not sleep on admin money. I feel like a Bruh. lot of people don't realize, but that'll be part of my tip. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Listen. So for me, if I had to tell myself, my younger self stuff about corporate America, first it would be to like Google jobs. Like if you want to work in a certain industry, Google job titles. Because, for example, my job title, I didn't even know it existed until I got the offer to be this job title. Mm. So had I known, I wouldn't have been so worried in college about being a doctor or a dentist or a lawyer because I would have known, like, no, there's people doing X, Y, and Z making six figures. Right. And they're not having to go to graduate school or right. whatever. So be more informed about, like, different job titles and, like, how, yeah, there's an accountant, but there's, like, 50 or 60 different types of accountants. Right. What they do all is very different. Yes, there's, you know, HR people that work in HR, but there's 15 or 20 different types of HR. And so just be informed about that because your path and your entryway to a certain career might not look the same. You don't want to, like, scoff at a title Mm -hmm. not knowing where it could take you. And also being able to, like, build, like, people don't really understand, like, you could literally get in as a administrative assistant, as administrative coordinator, as an HR coordinator, and after five years getting certifications that the job will pay for, you could be an HRBP, which would be making six figures. Like, people really don't think about it. I feel like we're not really exposed enough in college or high school to, like, the opportunities that you can get without needing um, a second degree, you know? So definitely agree on that. And then about hustle culture, my only advice would be to just remember that this is not the sum of life. Like working a job title, how much you brought in is not the sum of life. Because first of all, if you learn how to manage money, mm. it can be the same. Like I have, yeah, I make like 15000 more than what I was making two years ago. And I really can't tell the difference. Like because I started budgeting when I was making that amount of money and like living within my means. So didn't get a new car. The biggest thing was like purchasing a house. Right. Like, even that is like... It's not like this huge shift, you know, like budget your money and you don't have to like don't make your living expenses to the point where you have to stay in this circle of like hustle culture. You know? And if you don't budget your money, it doesn't matter how much you work or how, yeah. how high you climb. If you continue to expect, like increase your standard of living, you're always going to be stuck in this circle. Mm-hmm. And then finally, there's a book called To Hell With The Hustle, which I highly recommend. So if you're interested in more on that topic, check out that book. But outside of that, thanks for listening to This Might Get Me Fired with Shizzy. And Crystal. If you like our show, make sure to subscribe. Follow us on YouTube at This Might Get Me Fired Pod. um, T-M-G-M-F Pod. Share this podcast with friends. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Um, Also, if you want to email us any questions, if you want answers to any questions, or if you want to suggest topics, just hit us up at thismightgetmefiredpod at gmail.com. Join us next week. For now, we're signing out. Toodles.